You're listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have you ever heard that Jonathan Franzen, when he was writing the corrections, would blindfold himself and sit in a dark room so that nothing could distract him from living in that world of his characters? And then I just recently read a, an article about how Kazuo Ishiguro, who wrote The Remains of the Day, was struggling after he published one of his early successful novels to concentrate again and get his writing done. And so he ended up agreeing with his wife that they could have this, I think he called it the crash, like that he could go on this bender basically of writing from, you know, about 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night and just taking a few breaks in between and doing that for four weeks and hoping that his fictional world would become more real than his own, right? Today on the show, we have Brian Wolf of Wolf Writing. We talk about his journey from working a desk job and kind of all of the experiences he had traveling and doing different things that led him to one day call himself a writer. We talk about the idea that you don't have to dive headfirst into a creative project. You can take it one step at a time and you can do something that's practical, but also maybe could be durable. Meaning, uh, we talk about it in the podcast, but meaning that you can do it long term and it can fulfill you in other ways other than financial. So take a listen, it's really interesting. He has a, gr- a lot of great insight. He's obviously put a lot of thought into what he's doing right now. Um, hope you enjoy it. You and I met doing a education program over 10 years ago, um, and it was a, the company had a bunch of different programs, but the one that we were working on was a unique one in the sense that you got to travel to different cities do these facilitation programs with youth. The company would fly us to anywhere in the continental United States for our days off, and then we would fly to the next city. This was back in the time when I wanted to be a writer, and I was like super pretentious about it. In between these programs, I would like go stay at my parents' basement and smoke a pipe and write for hours on the computer. And then I remember we would share writings here and there, I think a couple times. When you and I were working together, I was, as you said, other people were too, but I was one of those that was still trying to figure out what I was doing. And this was a nice um, gap kind of job to take. But when I was 30, I, I quit a job that I had had for about a year and a half. And it was a, it was a fine salary and it was, a, it was a good thing to do. It was um, children's literature resources. And I, and I, I was lucky to work for a really nice small business founder and um but at some point it's like boy, i still don't know what i'm doing i just sort of accidentally stumbled into some work and now i feel like if i'm not careful i'm going to um you know wake up when i'm 40 and wonder why i didn't think more about what i wanted to do with my life and i traveled around the world for about a year and went through new zealand and, and vietnam and india and turkey and a lot of uh central europe and and then came home and felt that for the first time I had done something that uh, really made me think that I wasn't waiting to live or waiting to get started. And that changed a lot for me. It, it helped me settle down and say, well, you know, it can't be all fun and adventure. So I'm ready to actually get a job and I'm ready to figure out what kind of long-term plan I want for my life. And, you know, what, what does that mean for salary? And what does that mean for the types of work I should engage with? And that put me on a whole new path. And then for probably the next seven or eight years, I was, I would say doing corporate work 
and not too unhappily at times, certainly, but uh, mostly just thinking, wow, this is great. You know, I, I get to, um, I get to kind of explore different topics, use the skills that I have. People appreciate me. I get paid well. I have health insurance. I'm saving money. And pretty soon I can buy a house, you know, and that kind of stuff was all happening. But to, to round that back to where we started together, you know, so there's still this feeling of like, yeah, but I'm doing other people's work. So what am I supposed to do? And that's when I started to come back to the idea of writing as a practice and a discipline that was going to happen on its own timeline. When we were younger, we probably thought, well, I want to be a writer on my own terms, like, uh, you know, like uh, Jack Kerouac or whoever, whoever else you were into at that time. But what you found over time is that there's there's different audiences and there's different topic areas that are more useful and can you talk a little bit about what you've been writing about? I used to think writing was using um, flashes of creativity and inspiration to share something with the world that could only come from me. So I sort of laugh at that now. And it's, it's um, almost embarrassing to think how much time I wasted when I could have been doing other more meaningful writing or helpful writing. If only I could gotten over the idea sooner that it had to be about me. And I think that's, that's the big change. Now, the idea of being a writer is using this communication channel and this skill to share things that um, very often aren't about me at all. And, and that's been so much more satisfying than thinking that I would be some creative genius um, and then learning through a lot of disappointment that I was not um, and that creativity didn't just come in flashes um, that the best work I was doing was when I was just staying focused and dedicated to a topic and trying to understand it really well. And then um, writing was just the end product of a, of a long thought process instead of a momentary flash of uh, inspiration. I can corroborate that feeling. I've, I've looked back at from time to time at some of the writing I did because I'm impressed looking back on the sheer volume of it because I did do a lot. I filled a lot of notebooks. Um, and there are, like you said, little flashes of really, really interesting little sentences and things like that. But, you know, it, but at the same time, um, even now, I'm sure you can agree that in terms of doing anything, this applies. But um, you have to do a lot of writing in order to to be to be any good at it. Um, so with the work that you're doing now, I know you're doing you said a lot of uh, Q&A's, a lot of feature pieces yeah well so several things come to mind number one first of all i used to think i wanted to be an author too and 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 that implied something different to me than being a writer just as we're talking now um it's low pressure because it feels like we're just having a conversation so i'm not asking myself if this is the best thing i've ever said and too often <laughs> right. it's sick you, you right. ask yourself is this the best thing i've ever written and it's such a waste of time to, to, to think of that prize or whatever it is, you know, in the end, but either, even if it's just pride. Uh, so stepping back from that and saying, well, geez, I don't know what the outcome of this is be or the impact of this is going to be, but you know, I'm not, uh, I'm just, it's an act of communication and it's, it's a slow progression of potentially across a topic or over time, building a relationship or whatever it is. Nothing's the final act. Nothing's the magnum opus. And so 
that's a major difference from from where we started. And doing writing in the corporate setting forces that pragmatism, of course. Nobody cares uh, what stories you've got swimming in your head if they don't serve a purpose and an immediate purpose, right? If they don't drive leads or if they don't, um, you know, help with the brand positioning or if they don't, uh, whatever it is. And so that element of, wow, you can use writing to, to serve a purpose was actually, to me, a nice bridge. Having gone through all that now, it's not as if I've abandoned the idea of creating art, but it's not, it doesn't have to be everything I do. For people that, that may be listening to this and saying like, well, I really like this idea of just kind of branding myself as a writer, even if it's part-time, what led you to that? And then what did you do to kind of make that happen? I really was literally in bed one night and I sat, uh, I was laying down thinking and I sat up straight and it was only 9.30, you know, I was just reading with the light on and I sat up straight and I said to myself, not out loud, not like a crazy person, but I said, I'm a writer. It's so simple. I have been writing. Um, I love to write. And you, you see people branding themselves all kinds of things around you. I mean, from helpful ones like a uh, carpenter to confusing ones like a futurist. But nobody tells these people what to call themselves, you know. Even if you're an electrician, you know, or a, a painter, um, I doubt that anybody sits you down and says, here's the, here's the title that we're going to give you. And so you, you end up calling yourself, you know, whatever you are, especially as you move toward more independent work. And, and I just said, I'm a writer. And it's so simple. I don't need to think about it. And when you say it to yourself and there's no sort of feeling of bullshit, you know, like then you're like, okay, this works. I'm not pretending. It's just the best simple description of what I do. So that's how I became a writer. Jeff Goins writes this book, You Are a Writer. And in the first couple pages, he says, claim the title. And I saw that weeks after I had decided. So I kept reading and, um, and there's a lot of other good advice there about what it means to be a writer. And I, and I think, you know, to go back to your question about some of the projects too, I don't know if you want to tie that in, mm -hmm. but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. That was my next question. Okay. Yeah. You know, I am a writer and because nobody else is paying me to do that and um, telling me that's what I am, what I write about is my choice. And I potentially will, will go down a path of creating something that I won't end up using, but nobody's waiting for me to combine all this, right? Is to say, how do I not make it about myself? How do I use the skills? How do I not worry about um, where it leads is to write about the things that I care about the most. My first Q&A was on the topic of stillbirth. One of my framing mechanisms for the, the writing that I wanted to do is to say, well, I very much don't want it to be about myself. And if people want to talk about themselves, they have platforms to do it. What if we went a step further and said, not me, not you, let's talk about somebody else. What was your experience of their experience? The interview that I just did yesterday was with a woman who was the primary caretaker or her sister as her sister died from cancer. And so it's, again, there a topic that um, is about her experience with somebody else. And, you know, as she said, it, it's about the front row seat to, to watching somebody die. And, and what's so interesting about that is that it's not, of course, not a spectator sport, but, but the idea of that is 
there has to be somebody there that won't look away. You know, I'm thinking about the listeners right now and what does all this add up to or what does it mean? Um, what you're doing with your podcast is just giving people perspectives on, on how they might approach a career, right? It seems to me like what, what this is doing is demystifying um, some of the process of what it means to be a creative or how to become one. And we can do these self-contained writing projects very easily. So if you're, if you're thinking you want to be a, a writer or a creative professional, it's not, it's not very far away. Just, you know, pick your topic and, and go at it. So I have a, a website, of course, and um, that's the first place that I'll put anything new. As I mentioned, that, that story about stillbirth, um, the place that I first turned to to give that out was a, a an organization in Kansas City that uh, supports women who've lost babies. So they're they're uh, they're called Alexander's House, and um, they're just a support group. So if you're a woman, or or suppose you know even a man who's struggling with these kinds of tragedies in your life, um, you know that's one of the places that you can go get support. And so I thought it was important to share it in that kind of form. So just gave it away, and they'll have it on their website. So that's distribution to me. You know, here I have the opportunity to, to be interviewed and share a perspective. The thing that I would share more than anything, you know, the, the, the thing that is most important for me to express is that the what I found to be successful is nothing near so glamorous. I'm now able to write more consistently and with more enjoyment than I ever was before. You know, a lot of people say follow your passion. A lot of people say, uh, you know, you know, do what you love and the money will come. I've heard that term as well. But this is this is a really practical way in which you can you can start to dip your toe into something creative, um, whether it's writing or whether it's some other creative venture. And it doesn't have to be everything. And it also can be a long-term engagement with something that, that you're passionate about. So really appreciate you coming on and it's been a great conversation. Check out Wolf Writing, look up Brian's website, uh, Google search Wolf Writing, check him out on LinkedIn. He does a lot of business writing as well. Um, to find out more about media on the radio, check out waitwhatpro.com or subscribe on iTunes to media on the radio. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs>